Jets coming. Carr put some air under it. Wide open is Rice for the touchdown. Miraculous. No, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. And thank goodness he did hear from a very sad and pathetic Jets fan. Welcome in to the Game Day Podcast. Adam Kramer, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Kegs and Eggs. Follow Marcus at Marcus underscore Mosher. Uh, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you like what we say, we're going to get into picks here momentarily or a little bit down the line. Uh, go to thegameday.com. See what prices you can get here. And hopefully our picks moving forward. We'll get back on track, Marcus. How are you, sir? Doing well. That was a, a wild week of football in week 13. Uh, I'm excited for this week, though. We got some good games, and I'm uh, ready to get after it. Yeah, I am really excited to talk about tanking. I mean that sincerely, by the way, <laughs> and we're going to do that with our friend Ty Dunn, who's starting his own awesome uh, long-form newsletter, a guy that I work with. Really, really good. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Baker Mayfield. So, But to set the stage, okay, and our talking before we turn the mics on here, I'm watching the Jets, Marcus, okay? I'm watching on my computer, and I'm watching that final play, and I am genuinely heartbroken they're about to win, right? I'm a fan, mm -hmm. and I want Trevor. You just want hope. The, the, you, you've endured this much pain, and they're about to blow it. You see the ball leave Carr's hand. You're watching Ruggs go track it down. I genuinely got up and just old dad dancing pathetic i mean a bit bad i wish there was a film on me screaming in excitement my wife is watching she sees them lose and she doesn't quite understand like i'm not we don't talk about tanking at the dinner table right like mm -hmm. we don't do that and perplexed like why someone could be so happy it, it is genuinely probably the most happiness the jets have brought me in five years greg <laughs> it's so sad it's so, so bad. sad it is so sad um and then i got to watch the jags i'm like okay wait maybe we could double up was not to be, but that was my my football weekend was the Jets. So I know. Yeah, I, I've got a I've got a good story about that game as well. Uh, I covered the Raiders for USA Today, and you know we have to write these game recaps. And as soon as that second to last possession, where on fourth down, Derek Carr short armed a pass to Nelson Aguilar, started to write up the game recap, talking about the Raiders losing as the Jets were running out the clock. Um, and with a couple seconds left, I hit send. That's out in the atmosphere. It's out on Twitter. I'd be writing this game recap with the Raiders losing three straight games. And, and then Greg Williams happened, and I had to scramble to rewrite a whole new game recap. So thanks, Greg. I appreciate you. Statue that dude, <laughs> man. Statue him. Like that, uh, we, we'll talk about it. Are the Jets tanky or are they bad? Uh, I think I have my, my answer, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll talk with Ty. We'll dive into that a little bit deeper. Uh, let's get into our last week. I mentioned it. It wasn't the greatest. I was one and four, 15 and 10 on the year. Marcus, you were two mm -hmm. and three, 18 and seven. So we're still, we're still over 500. That's all um, that matters. It's right? all that. Yeah. You want to keep surviving in 2020. It's good optics for now. We'll hopefully, <laughs> uh, continue that moving forward. The biggest thing I learned, uh, because I liked, you know, I was watching San Fran and, you know, Josh Allen is is really good. And I kind of already knew that, you know, I, I covered Josh in college. I, I spent a couple of days with him, did a profile on him. Like I've always liked this dude's makeup, but also Dable too. Like these guys are going to make a ton of money. And if you're an NFL team, maybe the jets that want to groom a young quarterback and build an offense, like, yes, it's about Josh Allen play calling was electric. They've acquired people like that. I, I, it's hard to like put into words, just how much credit I give the bills because that was just an unbelievable performance. Yeah, and I think their front office deserves a lot of credit for building an offense around Josh Allen that makes sense, yeah. right? I, I think back to like early Cam Newton with Carolina where they put these massive receivers in Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches, right? These guys that just couldn't get open. And it never seemed like it really fit. But in Buffalo, the first thing they did was go out and sign Cole Beasley, somebody who can get open in the slot and is open all the time. And then they make this aggressive trade for Stephon Diggs maybe the best route runner in the NFL, somebody who is always open. So uh, they've designed this wide open passing offense with guys that can get open on different levels and you're starting to see it click. Now I'm really interested to see what happens this week yeah. against Pittsburgh, because I think that's going to tell us a lot about Josh Allen. Uh, but so far, so good for Buffalo. Any other things jump out to you in a really at times strange and kind of weird week? 
I don't know if there's a single good or great team in the NFL right now. Even as good as the Kansas City Chiefs are, you can see some of their flaws on defense. Their offense can be kind of clunky from game to game. Pittsburgh, they're really struggling on offense right now. They got their first loss of the season. And then Seattle. Um, every one of my bets was messed up by Seattle. I know every teaser bet, every parlay <laughs> bet failed because of how poorly Russell Wilson played. So just it's a weird year, uh, Adam. It seems like we've got 10 good teams, but no great, great teams. It should make for a great culmination. And yet I'm completely with you. And I'm actually, we'll, we'll talk about it when we talk about the game. And I'm kind of with you on the Chiefs. I feel like there's this fake aura uh, around them that I don't think is missing. Something is missing. And yet they continue to do it. And they may just do that the whole way. Um, And and Vegas, you know, hasn't necessarily adjusted. So we'll have to see. You talk about the NFL in general. Quick look at the odds. And AFC, NFC odds, obviously a pretty interesting week, uh, especially in the AFC with the Steelers losing at the NFC. The Saints plus 220, the Packers plus 350, the AFC Kansas City now minus 110, the Steelers plus 400. So that loss, um, which was pretty bad, play calling is bizarre, by the way. Mm. I get your running backs out. I could go, I could rant on that. How bad did the Steelers uh, really hurt themselves there? And then of those odds, does anything jump out to you? I don't think this loss hurts the Steelers in any big way because they're still sitting at number one in the AFC. I think they've got an easier schedule the rest of the way than Kansas City. You know, Kansas City plays Miami this week. They play the Saints coming up. Uh, the Steelers have a game against Buffalo, and we'll talk about that game. Yeah. But the rest of the way, it's pretty easy. I think the Steelers are still the favorites to be the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, they're going to have every game at home. Kansas City is going to have to play on wild card weekend. And if the standings tell us anything, that two against seven matchup could be really interesting. Like, the, the Chiefs could start off with Baltimore in round one, and that would be fantastic. I, I just think – I think the Steelers' odds at plus 400 to win the AFC are off. I think they should be a little bit closer to two to one uh, rather than four to one. So I, I like that value quite a bit right now. I do too. I think you're right. I think this gets back into the whole Chiefs aura that's kind of throwing these things maybe slightly out of whack. Um, maybe something that's not out of whack, though, as we say Chiefs aura is the MVP odds. Mahomes mm. now minus 500. I'm going to keep reciting – I feel like it's been a month where you've told people, hey, invest at, you know, plus 100. Hey, invest at minus 150. Hey, uh, keep investing. So at minus 500, are you are you still buying this stock? Yeah, we're getting a little bit at the tipping point here, but there's just not <laughs> enough value. But as we were mentioning, you know, before we came on the show, I, I don't see how Mahomes doesn't win the MVP. Even if he gets hurt this week, his numbers are still going to be absolutely insane. He's probably going to still win it. So as long as he plays two, three more games, he's a lock. Uh, I know the odds aren't great, but you can still make a little bit, a little bit of money here, improve your bankroll a little bit. So I like Mahomes still at minus five hundred. I mean, it was even money what a couple of weeks ago. Last, yeah. I mean, like so. So if you missed out, you missed out. And you're right. This is probably at the threshold where they start to pull it in some shops or start mm. to elevate the number to such a ridiculous nature that it's not worth it. So hopefully y'all listen. And I'm just going to say that. And on the topic of MVP, I'm, and I'm really interested in this, you know, my college roots, I've got uh, inherent biases to this guy. And we're talking about, you know, Lamar Jackson and, you know, really kind of interesting game this week that is, is kind of the good and the bad Marcus, when you look at mm-hmm. his performance, which I thought uh, does a lot of things where you have glimpses of the old Lamar, but, I'll ask you this, and then I'll, I'll dive into it as well. In your mind, is Lamar still elite? And, and let me preface it, because I think elite is kind of the confusing part here. Was he elite? Can you make a guy elite after the kind of MVP season that he had? And, you know, what are your expectations for him moving forward? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that the 2019 season was elite. I, we have never seen a quarterback play like that at that level before. So uh, no concerns there. I would just caution people to not overreact to what happened on Tuesday night football against the Cowboys defense, because you and I could go out there and probably be fairly productive against that defense. So uh, the big test for Lamar is going to be when he gets to some of these big games. And listen, we've seen him now play Pittsburgh twice in his career. Uh, He's got 10 turnovers in those two games. Uh, We've seen him against the Chargers in a playoff game, the Titans, I still worry a little bit about his ability to win in the pocket because it seems like when he gets in these tougher games, 
things start to speed up and break down for him. So I think he's still top 10-ish quarterback, but is he a top three, top four guy that can win consistently in the playoffs? I'm not sure. And I think this is a big season for him. I think that's the part I'm, I'm torn on is like, where do you cut off a lead? Right? Like the, I, I think of elite, I think of Patrick Mahomes. And I think there's a couple of guys that can make the case for being elite. I, maybe my definition, I'm, I'm strict here, right? This is a very exclusive club. Um, I think Lamar is electric and coming out of college. I absolutely love, I love, I just love watching him play. And I want him to be elite. I want him to do these things. I want what we saw last year. It has not worked as well. I love well, me, seeing more active running, right? Like he seemed to be in a better flow, even though the stats were kind of like still not particularly great, you know, from at least a passing standpoint. Let me ask you this. Let's, let's go through a couple quarterbacks really quickly. You tell me who you like for the next two years because the NFL changes so fast. Yes. Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? Deshaun Watson. What about you, by the way? I got to ask. Uh, you yeah, too. that's Watson yeah. for me. How about Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson? I'd probably take Dak. I'm, he's I mean, better that's, in the pocket. He's right? better in a pocket. I think he's going to come back okay. That injury was gross, but you can heal from that. I, I don't think that's that hard for me. What about you? Yeah, that one's not that hard for me. I, I think Dak is still a top five quarterback. And then you know, we, there's the names I didn't even mention: Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Aaron yes. Rodgers. Even yes. as, you know, yes. even as Rodgers ages, so. We're talking about right there. He's outside the top five. And now it gets a little tougher when we talk about, you know, Herbert and some of those, even Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, when we get to that point and Ryan Tannehill. And I just, I think I just somewhere between five and 10 probably feels about. And and I think the problem I have with Lamar, again, from a a watchability standpoint, he's like the most enjoyable to watch because it's just, it is enjoyable. But there's still this like liability going into big games, like you mentioned. Yes. And I don't think you should have that with elite quarterbacks. I don't really care who Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes is probably in his own category of elite. So maybe that's unfair. And you put him in with a Russell Wilson who just, by the way, did not look elite. Um, So I, I think Lamar can still be that guy. I think the weapons have been a little bit disjointed the offense. I, I don't think it's done him well. They've, they've had, you know, COVID they have issues with the line. Like there's a lot of reasons beyond Lamar's play that he's not been elite, but dude, some of those passes have not been elite. Like it's, it's a collaborative effort, right? A third down and seven slant pass shouldn't be like the most terrifying thing in the world if you're Lamar Jackson, but uh, he's just been so inconsistent with his accuracy. And again, I love him. I'm, I'm rooting for him because I think he's a special talent, but he's going to need to progress as a passer in order to be really good in the playoffs. Because I think what we've seen is he can dominate in the regular season, Without a question, but when you're playing, when you're playing good defenses and good teams, you gotta be able to win from the pocket. And I just have a little bit of doubt about that right now. Well, speaking of that, we will talk about another quarterback with our guest Ty Dunn momentarily, Baker Mayfield. Where you're probably gonna get similar vibes, strong, maybe more polarizing takes about what he is. And we will also talk about my favorite subject in the universe right now: tanking, specifically the Jets. Are they tanking? Are they bad? We talk to Ty Dunn next. Very happy now, very, very happy now to be joined by a former colleague, another uh, beer drinking buddy, one of the best long form writers, not just NFL, but long form writers on the planet, Ty Dunn. You can follow him on Twitter at Ty Dunn. Ty, what's up, man? man? It's great to talk to you. Good to, good to hear from you. I mean, how's everything going? Everything's great. God, thanks for that intro, Adam. It's good good to see you. We uh, unfortunately don't get to do this enough, man. We I think we've we've actually been in t- in in person what like maybe two times ever if that yes. so Correct. this is as close as we can get I'll take it I'll take it yeah me t- me too internet bonding it's 2020 anyways so uh, Ty before we dive into one of my favorite topics aka the Jets one of your favorite topics aka Baker Mayfield <laughs> um, what what are you doing now now you you are you you're doing your own thing you've got the newsletter right you've got the podcast where can we find your work no doubt yeah just launched uh, go long TD. Uh, I guess as of my initials and touchdown.com it's uh, in the Substack universe, you know, so many uh, paid email publications out there, newsletters, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to be cranking out features, profiles, um, some analysis and it'll land right in your inbox when you plug your email in. So, you know, right now, probably about another week, week and a half, everybody will be getting the stories for free and then it will be mostly uh, all subscriptions. And it's been great. I love it. You know, it's, 
it's it's been liberating. It's good to get back into the game, you know, with some season left, some meat on the bone. And uh, obviously miss working with you. I think we had a really great thing going, but hey, you always got your head on a swivel in this business. Absolutely. And the stuff is great. Check it out. I know you wrote about Josh Allen and uh, you, you dove into a lot of, uh, obviously, the quarterbacks that we're going to be discussing across the pod. So um, one of the teams that you probably have not uh, <laughs> written much about, of course, is the New York Jets. Talked about them, uh, the, that game earlier in the pod and my excitement over a loss and how pathetic I am. So before we get into the whole art of tanking, the end of that game, Ty, and then Marcus, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the same. What, what's going on there? Is that, a, is that bad or tank? That, that's the question that I've got for you. You know, I, I think it's bad, unfortunately. I wish it was a tank. You know, it sounds like it was all Greg Williams, right? Like this is just a bad coach with a bad call. He's done it before in those late game Hail Mary situations. I mean, if he wanted the tank, like, I mean, he got fired the next day. He knows he's not going to be around unless, unless there's like, you know, a mic in the ear and, you know, some eye in the sky is telling him to send the house, which I guess you never know, right? You never know. It could be possible. It's, I mean, the Browns, they, they forced them to play what Johnny Manziel when they had no business playing Johnny Manziel. So who knows? But I think it was just, you know, a, a terrible coach who probably should be out of the NFL, which eight years ago, Bounty Gate, uh, I was just listening to that YouTube video, you know, the speech in the locker room, you know, take the head, kill the head, the body will die, all that stuff. And it's remarkable that he's in the NFL still. As, you know what's more it's remarkable? True. Frank Gore is on his team. You know, one of the players he's talking about, like, decapitating and murdering and killing and I'll pay you, was on his team. So I, I, w- I wish there was a conversation there. I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm laughing at something that's probably not that funny. Uh, eight years, it's enough time to, like, appreciate uh, – the age it's full circle there marcus what about yeah, you know what's Dad funny is uh, when tyler mentioned that video i think warren sharp posted it on twitter a couple days ago and I, I thought the exact same thing it's like how is greg williams still in the nfl and you know when you watch that game against the jets uh, or against the raiders um, i actually want to remind people that he actually called the same exact play one play before henry rugg scored the touchdown and Derek Carr just missed nelson aguilar in the back of the end zone so i, I think this is just Greg Williams being Greg Williams. And this is why he's been on a million different teams. He's just not a very good defensive coordinator. I, I listen, I, I, I would love to believe that the jets are actively trying to tank these games away, but when you're this bad, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> we're not, we're, this is not a smart team, right? This is not an inside job. I wish it was like, I'd feel better if they had the fortitude to lose that spectacularly I think it's just bad. And when I, the funniest thing for me, like statistically, when you, I think ESPN had something on this of those scenarios of like what the defense is called for this to truly be like a unicorn moment, like where everybody's got at least someone back there, let alone not a rookie running after one of the fastest players in the NFL. It's just, it's so bad that I guess you question the authenticity and yet Mm. I think it is strictly bad. So generally though, with the idea of tanking, you know, and, I don't personally have an issue with it. Uh, I know the NBA, the NBA has tried to crack down on it. I feel like in the NFL, you don't see as much of it. And maybe that's because of how violent the sport is. And it's just so different. You can't really go halfway in, but you've got scenarios where certain people are playing. The Jaguars seem to be doing that as well. So what are your thoughts on, on general tanking in the NFL? And, and do you think anything needs to change with it? I like the general idea of realizing like where you are as a franchise, right? I mean, the Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions, for example, I mean, the Lions, like they they convince themselves that they're a contender. And what what do they do? They draft a cornerback who's not very good right now over Justin Herbert to attack of Oila. So, I mean, that's probably, probably should have started over then. They convince themselves they're a contender. They're not. Everybody gets fired. The Vikings convince themselves they're a contender. They're six and six. They're eking out wins over Jacksonville. And maybe they get in the playoffs, but like, does anybody think Kirk Cousins is going to go on a Super Bowl run? Probably not. So I, I give credit to these GMs and coaches for looking in the mirror and being like, all right, you know, we probably got to suck this year to get to where we got to go. But do you go to that Jets extreme? I mean, that then you. You, you really have to just fumigate the building if you get to that point. I mean, you're going to have to do everything to start over when you're that bad. I think the perfect way to do it is Brian Flores in Miami, right? Like 
they were getting whacked in September last year. They're getting killed by Baltimore. I mean, the first three, four games were ugly, yet they they built something. I mean, they were fighting, they were clawing, the guys were getting up every day to go to work, and, and clearly a culture was being built. He did something right. I don't know what it was. You know, he should write a book on it or something, but here they are right in the playoff race a year later. Um, you know, signing a bunch of guys definitely helped, but that, that's the way to do it, I think. You know, still compete. Yeah, it's still kind of lose at the same time if you can. So I, it's a tough thing to pull off. Not many teams can do it. it it's tough you, because you, the question is, should it be banned? And I just don't know if there's a way to tell if a team is really bad or if they're actively trying to tank. I mean, if they're putting healthy guys on the injured reserve list and you know, maybe that's a way that you could penalize a team. But uh, I, in terms of like a strategy – I think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, we talk about all the time on this podcast how it's a quarterback league. And most of the time, the best quarterbacks in the NFL are being picked inside the top five. So if you tank and you know you get one of those top five picks, you can turn your franchise around really quickly. So I think for some teams, it is the optimal strategy. Is it always the best product to watch on a Sunday? No. But long-term, no. this season will be beneficial to the Jets, and I think that's why all their fans are okay with it. They've been right. pretty competitive, and I don't like it. Um, they've been uh, – they've been. you know, you think of the New England game, like Joe Flacco throwing a horrific interception that uh, is probably on Adam Gase. You know, they've it's, – it's been really bad, but probably not as bad as people realize of late. Um, Quinn and Williams, they've had some, like, again, they were really banged up and I don't necessarily think it's been full on tank. I think the schedule kind of stinks too. Jaguars the same way, yeah. right? Like the, yes, the Jaguars have had some of all the, of the tanking, what they're doing at quarterback. Certainly the Jaguars feels like the most tanking ish, right? You're playing like a PAC 12 guy that probably the average football fan didn't even know existed. And yes. You're doing it by necessity with injuries. I just think it's fasting to see what they've done. Mm -hmm. It's really smart. You need, that position is so important that I think it's worth tanking for, but I also don't think it's like the NBA's, you know, you're not there. There's a natural acceptance that this is kind of the way it is. Football is pretty random that I think you still run into positions where I don't know. I don't think it's a huge problem right now, but I'm a Jets fan. So I'm thrilled. You're this a little biased. I mean, a wild just, ride. let's be honest. You're, you're a little biased. <laughs> I'm totally biased. <laughs> No, but they're making it too close. Okay. They're, they're, they're not um, just completely going down. I think they're just bad enough and that's fine. You know, trading Jamal Adams and everything else. Um, that's the right move. You've got to build for the future. And Ty, you mentioned something that I think is just really interesting to, to tie a bow on this is the worst place you can be in the NFL is like, is football purgatory, right. like the bears. I think the bears are entering football purgatory where they're not good enough to win. And they're probably not bad enough to get, although they may be like a top three or four pick to change, right? Yeah. You don't want to be that team that's stuck in the middle. If you're going to go down, go down spectacularly and then build up from there. And then don't screw it up, right? Don't pass yes. on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson when you've got the that's opportunity. That's probably a bad example too, yeah. But you're, it's a good point though. I mean, at the end, of, it's kind of, you know, there, there's two parts to this. I'm, I'm with you, like whatever you want to call it tanking, losing on purpose by playing all these undrafted rookies that are fighting hard, but just aren't very talented. Maybe that's the formula, but then it's like, okay, then you got to hit the pick. Like you got to draft. Well, like the Browns, when they went all in with the analytics and that one draft, they had what, like 15 or 16 picks. And they're like trading down for Corey Coleman at 16 overall. And he's out of the NFL in two years. Like you just, you better be able to draft. You better have some actual scouts who know what the heck they're doing when you get to that point. Well, on the topic of the Browns, perfect natural segue. I think you did that on purpose because you're Oh, out. I didn't. It was um, to totally by accident. <laughs> eh, I don't know. That was too smooth. I know you. Um, Baker Mayfield. Okay, so a week ago, we are ripping him for some of those missed bunnies in the end zone, and they were bad, okay? It looked like me out there. <laughs> and then he comes out, and he looks like he looks like an all-pro. I mean, that was one of the best games of his career. And we've got a simple uh, question for you. And let's give some, some background on where Mayfield is as a career. Because I think it's pretty polarizing. I don't think, I don't think you get a fair look at Mayfield without some, some numbers. So before I ask, career one game over 500. Obviously, this has been a great season. 
Never won a playoff game, which I guess that's no surprise if you follow the Browns. 61% completion rate, uh, 70 to 42 touchdown inter- interception rate, is on pace to have his best season of his career after throwing a ton of interceptions. So, Mayfield, where do you stand? Are, are you cashing him in? Are you, have you not seen enough? What's your, what's your uh, Mayfield vibe? All in. On Baker Mayfield, baby. All in. Like, where do I sign? Where do I buy this stock? He's the real deal. Give me him over everybody in that draft. Well, all right, maybe give that a couple weeks. But he looked great. Like, when I – and I don't mean this in a bad way. Like, he's a front runner, right? Like, when the going's good and he's dancing all over the field and he's hitting guys on bombs and he's working off play action and he's on the move – Man, there's not many quarterbacks that are better. That's what you saw against Tennessee. I mean, the first drive, you know, if that pass isn't dropped on third down or whatever it was, they settled for a field goal. That's five touchdowns in the first half alone. I mean, he was Oklahoma Baker Mayfield against Texas Tech. And they, that's in him. I feel like in a weird way, Odell Beckham Jr. not being in the lineup kind of helps. I was talking to somebody in the organization last week about that. And he's like, look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Like you'd rather have Odell out there because he's going to pull off these acrobatic, unbelievable catches like you saw against the Colts. But um, when you don't have to just force him the ball or throw him the ball 10 to 12 times a game and you're spreading it out and you're leaning on the run and you're working off that run, you see what you saw in Baker Mayfield. It's a better quarterback. It's a better offense. And I mean, these weekly awards are just kind of nonsense. Like, who really cares about him? But he should have been the player of the week, not Josh Allen. Sorry. Man, I I fall probably a little bit in the middle here because you saw what Kevin Stefanski did with Kirk Cousins, who I think everybody thinks is a a fine quarterback, right? And he had him playing the best football of his career. Uh, Baker is really being – not being asked to do a ton in that offense. He's, you know, being asked to make – you know, pretty simple reads and simple throws and not mess everything up. My, my problem comes when he gets in these big divisional games, right, against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Can he figure out a way to be effective in those, those games? Uh, and we've seen, you know, in two games against, you know, the Ravens and Steelers this year, he just looked awful. He started that game out against the Steelers with a pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, his passer rating in the division compared to every other game is significantly lower I just wonder when we get to later December and we get into the playoffs and the defenses that are better because Tennessee's defense is pretty awful, how is Baker Mayfield going to perform? And that's why I think this game against the Ravens here on Monday Night Football is such a big one. Can he can he step up? Can he play like an elite quarterback? I have my doubts, although he has played better this year than he has in the last two years. I want him to be awesome because Ty, you, he's a great front runner. And I think if he starts doing it again, um, he's just going to be, and I mean this as a, compl- as a compliment, like a huge jerk about it. And I like <laughs> jerk Baker Mayfield because everyone gets thrown off. So if he rips off a couple of playoff game wins and they're like, he's kind of puffy chested into the off season. I think that's great. Yeah. And I think he does feed off of that. So I'm, I'm curious to see, Look, they've got some weapons, even without Odell. Peoples-Jones, I mean, gosh, he was mm. so horribly mismanaged by Michigan, which is fun to see him do well. The running game is clicking. Um, I'll, I'll go real quick. I'll ask you guys both, and it could be a quick answer. Do you think there's an MVP out there for him? Do you think at any point Baker Mayfield – because I saw this this week where we – and we do this around this year where we're looking for anybody but Patrick Mahomes, like, hey, is this guy in the race? I don't know if we're there yet. But do you think at some point, Ty, being – a stockholder that you are in Mayfield. You think he wins one? I do. I do. I'm not going to go this season like our former uh, coworker, Mike Freeman, tossed that out on yes. Twitter. And God rest his soul. <laughs> they, they went after him pretty hard on there. Uh, but in his career, at some point, he's got something cooking with Stefanski. I mean, just all great points by Marcus there. I, I totally agree that it is this relationship that is making him a much better quarterback than he was last year. But they're going to win games. I mean, they've got a great team around him. And if, if you're winning games and you're the quarterback and you're a front runner and the getting's good, yeah, he could be an MVP at some point. It's, unfortunately, I think it's Patrick Mahomes' world. And if anybody ever wins an MVP, it's going to be like Charles Barkley in the early 90s and Carmelo in the late 90s. We'll just get it because we're sick of Mahomes. Yeah, I think it's going to be 
pretty hard, right? Because that's not a, an offense that's going to have a lot of passing volume because just that's not, not Kevin Stefanski's in DNA, right? He wants to run the ball. He wants to use the play action. He wants to have a balanced offense. So I think Baker Mayfield can have some really nice numbers, and I think he can make some Pro Bowls. Uh, but MVP, I, I have my doubts. Yeah, poor Mike Freeman, by the way. Uh, Baker currently plus yeah. 10,000, a birdie tells me, to win the MVP. Uh, Mike, go do it, man. You, there's money out there to be made on that. Um, I think he's got a shot. I think he's got a shot. I think it's, you know, part of the MVP is narrative-based, and a Browns right. quarterback winning the MVP would be awesome because of, well, well, Browns, right? Need, need, need I say more? So, uh, Ty, look, man, always appreciate it. We'll have to get you back here again Check out the newsletter. Uh, you can find all of it uh, really on Twitter by, by following Ty. You want to, Ty Dunn on Twitter, newsletter, podcast, long form. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Uh, hopefully we can do this again sooner than the last one we did. Oh, I know, Adam. It's been too long, man. Good to see you. Good to hear you. And, and thanks so much for the love. The support's been unbelievable. So I appreciate everybody. All right. Likewise, man. All right, Ty Dunn, when we come back, let's do some picks. We really appreciate Ty Dunn for stopping by. Again, check out the newsletter. Check out the podcast. He's going to educate you in the NFL. Did some awesome work on Josh Allen, who we will talk about here momentarily. Uh, Marcus, it is pick time. This is a – I think it's a pretty good week. I, well, mm-hmm. like Before we dive in, what is your assessment of this week of the NFL? Yeah, we've got like four or five really big games that have a lot of playoff implications – uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And this is, you know, week 14, week 15. This is when those, you know, races start to really heat up in some divisions. Uh, I think this is going to be a fantastic week of football. All right. And we start, of course, in the place where we have to start. I don't know <laughs> if this is, are they just setting us up for this at this point, Marcus, to start with, with Philip Rivers? Like, I think, I, this, I think so. This is a big game though. This is one of the bigger games of the weekend. It is. Oh, it is. We could start there. And I just, I, it just brings me joy. So the Colts are minus three at the Raiders over under 51 and a half Indy eight and four, seven, five against the spread Raiders uh, new life, seven and five, seven and five against the spread uh, Indy with a nice win. The Raiders, of course, um, well, what can you really say? Uh, pretty banged up. Marcus, that's mm. kind of the one thing that jumps out to me in this game. Um, and, and I mentioned it with the Jets. Before I ask you kind of your thoughts, the Jets are playing a lot better than, than maybe the reputation. So all I'm going to say, and I, you know, we'll talk about my pick here, is I don't necessarily think that last game, like you got to distance yourself from the Jets and tanking and everything and just say they found a way to win. It was kind of gross. But the Jets, performance-wise, maybe that's not as bad of a predi- uh, an outcome as some would believe. Am I crazy there, or do you think that's fairly accurate? I think when you tie it to what happened two weeks ago with the Raiders when they were blown out by the Falcons, it makes this game a lot more concerning from the Raiders' side of things because the defense has been absolutely atrocious. They gave up 200 rushing yards to a guy by the name of Ty Johnson, who I didn't even know was an NFL player until Sunday. Uh, you know, the, the Sam Darnold had the best game of his season, maybe the best game of the last two oh, years against so the Raiders. It's, it is sad. And, oh. you know, the thing is the Raiders had more injuries in that game. Yes. Damon Arnett, the rookie corner, uh, was hurt in the first, the first play of the game. He got, has a concussion. He's not going to play this week. They're just beat up on defense. So as a lifelong Phillip Rivers fan, I'm taking them minus three in this game. <laughs> That's a heel turn right there. <laughs> um I, uh, I I wanted to lean Indy. I'm actually going to go over. You mentioned the injuries for Oakland. I know Josh Jacobs being banged up. That's a little bit scary. Um, you know, Indy's defense, that, that Texans game looked like it was going to go out of control and hit that over, and then it kind of just got stuck in mud. I think both, the Texans should have won that game. Yeah, they should have won. They that really should have. They should have. But Phillip Rivers, you know, he's, he's not going to allow that. <laughs> no, I like the over. Indy's hit seven out of 12 overs. Uh, Vegas has hit eight of 11. I think there's going to be points here. I think injuries play a role in that. Uh, I think both these quarterbacks are actually going to have really good days. You'll have a, you'll have a high scoring game there. Um, moving on. I think maybe potentially a, a less high scoring game. albeit one I'm fascinated by chiefs minus seven at the dolphins over under 49 and a half Kansas city, 11 and one six, five and one against the spread Miami eight and four, nine and three against the spread. So the dolphins were kind of slogging along. You look at the stats, Marcus, based off of that performance against the Bengals, you actually look at the box score and it doesn't look that bad, right? Mm. Like if you just looked at the numbers Tua it looked like he had a pretty good game. They ran it. Okay. So before I get a pick, 
you know, we talked about, we talk about Kansas city all the time. Where are you at with the dolphins right now? And maybe your pick will be uh, certainly representative of that. I think, I mean, I love Miami and I think Brian Flores is quickly rising up the, the, the head coaching ranks. Like when you go out and you're willing to fight the other team's players because of a, you know, a call that's happening that's on the field cool. or a hit. Yeah. I mean, that stuff, that type of stuff endears you to the, the players and they're playing outside of their minds right now on the defensive side of the ball. Xavier Howard, their cornerback who actually got tossed out of this game. He's a nice little underdog pick to win the defensive player of the year. He leads the NFL in uh, interceptions. He leads the NFL in pass deflections. Uh, he's, he's turning into a superstar. So I think this is a great matchup between coaches. Andy Reid, maybe the best offensive coach in the league. Brian Flores with the way he coaches defense. I think this is going to be a really, really fun game, Adam. I'm staying the way, uh, away from the, the, the teams in this one. I am going to take the under because I think this is going to be a slugfest a little bit and I think they've got the defensive backs to match up or to match up with Kansas City uh I, I'm really just gonna sit back and enjoy this one this is probably the game that I'm most looking forward to I, on I, Sunday yeah and I think the flow of the grain I, I like the Dolphins but I think your flow of the game and the under was something I considered as well I think it's going to be kind of ugly um I think people are overvaluing the Chiefs slightly I say that with mild concern because Mahomes can do his thing at any time Mm -hmm. um, but the Chiefs have not been a great covering team over the past five weeks. I think their last time they covered was like early November. They, they had a push in there, but I think this is a team that we're overvaluing. I could say that I think they're the best team in the NFL, and yet I think they're just it's just a little inflated. I think this is a really beautiful meat grinder of a football game, and I'm really interested to see how Tua plays, and I'm, I'm rooting for him because if he plays well here and can at least kind of respond with Mahomes, like, that's going to change the way we perceive him as a quarterback. Right. So, and I think there's a chance to do that. The problem is the dolphins, you got to get off to a little bit of a quicker start. You're going to have to have a non bangles like game. I don't think that's going to work for you. Even if we don't, uh, we both believe it's going to be low scoring. So um, that's a great game though. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a potential round one matchup in the AFC, right? If yes. Kansas city wins this game, uh, maybe Miami drops to that seventh seed and they're playing Kansas city on wildcard weekend. Then, Boy, that would be a lot of fun. I would love to see this game twice. It gives me hope as a Jets fan. Like if you're going to, the Dolphins. You can turn around that you, fast. You yeah. can. You actually can do it. I, I mean that sincerely as they show how to do it. Um, okay. Absolutely love, 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 love this game. Steelers at Bills. Bills minus two and a half over under 46 and a half. So again, another low total. Pittsburgh 11 and one. Uh, first loss this week, eight and four against the spread. Buffalo nine and three, seven and five against the spread. I... So Marcus, this is what this game comes down to for me. And I, I've been back and forth on this one is Buffalo did a great job of projecting, uh, protecting Josh Allen. There was mm -hmm. very little pressure on him. The little pressure that he had, he did. He's great out of the pocket, throws well. When they tried to bring pressure, the corners, that's not Richard Sermon. Like that's not what you want him doing is covering digs. That's not going to go well. And it didn't go well. So they tried to bring pressure. They picked him apart. I think the Steelers can get some pressure without having to pressure everybody. I think they have the corners, obviously, to do a little better. So schematically, does this game favor the Steelers, obviously, better, uh, even coming off the loss? First and foremost, it's really a bummer that this is not a game that's going to have 80,000 Bills fans because this is our Sunday night football Agreed. game. I would have loved to see, you know, NBC showing us those crazy, crazy Bills fans jumping off cars on the, you know, tables before the game so it's really unfortunate uh because i do think this has the potential to be the game of the week yep. um I, I think pittsburgh is going to win this one for a couple different reasons their offense has really struggled over the last couple of weeks they've got 14 drops in their last two games uh, i don't think that's something that's going to keep up i think that's going to regress to the mean a little bit buffalo's defense isn't very good this year they do have one really good defensive back in tredavious white he can only cover one of Steelers, one of the four receivers on the Steelers. I'm looking for Pittsburgh's offense to pick back up for this to be a back and forth game, but for Mike Tomlin and Keith Butler's defense to make enough plays on the defensive side of things uh, to get this win. So I'm I'm taking the Steelers to cover. I like them too. I think Connor being back's a big deal. Pittsburgh ran the ball 14 times. Yikes. Uh, that's it's like Mike Leach. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, that's I, I get it. You're down there. You've got to change that. I, I, I like Pittsburgh and I like the over. I think one of my takeaways kind of in, in a 
uh, not all that competitive game and watching Josh Allen, I think that you can get after that uh, Buffalo defense. I think San Francisco had some moments in that game. And then they had some terrible moments like the goal line and it was bad. Right. So I think there's going to be points. So I like both. I, I like the total. I like the side and I'm with you. So we, we are doing our parlay at the end. Right. So we've got, we are in on Pittsburgh uh, minus one and a half. We're good there to add that to our, yep. uh, our Let's parlay. Okay. Let's do it. Excellent. All right. So Ravens pick them at the Browns over under 45 and a half. It's a, Really interesting spread. Ravens were favored. It's come back a little bit towards the Brown. This is the Monday night game. Cleveland nine and three, five and seven against the spread. Baltimore seven and five, six, four in one against the spread. Cleveland has won four in a row and five of six. And I guess the, the obvious place to start, we talked about Baker Mayfield. Like that was a show us something game, 334 yards, four touchdowns. Um, great. Marks, is it concerning at all the way Tennessee very quietly like stockpiled points or does the rhythm of the game, like, do you just chalk that up as like, Hey, that game was kind of out of reach early. They let up the gas. No big deal. Like, where do you fall on that? I don't think Cleveland's defense is very good. So gonna, this is going to yeah. happen. This is going <laughs> to happen a lot of times. They can't stop anybody. They have two good players on defense, Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. While Denzel Ward's not playing this week. So it's just really hard to, to get enough stops. Um, I don't know, Adam. For some reason, I still don't trust this Browns team, and maybe it's because they're nine and three with a negative point differential still on the season, uh, which seems absolutely insane. And whenever we've seen Baker Mayfield and the Browns play against, you know, the Steelers or the Ravens, they look like a, a second-class team in the AFC North. So I'm taking Baltimore. They're healthy. Uh, they're coming off a nice win. I think they'll be able to stop the run. I think they'll be able to make enough plays on offense. Uh, to score 27, 28 play, 28 points. Give me Baltimore. I like Baltimore also. Um, 294 rushing yards uh, for Baltimore against the Cowboys. Now, part of that is Cowboys. You you know that a lot of better than Cowboys. probably anyone <laughs> I could probably talk to you. But Lamar, like getting him more active, I think is important. I think he's better when he's kind of working up a lather. Like when you can get him doing that, I think that helped quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think at this point I accept and embrace Cleveland as being good. And yet I just feel, I have the same feeling that you do, which is just, I, I have concerns, you know, with Mayfield into a game like this. Okay. I, I think it's really crucial game for both of these quarterbacks. Like this is a narrative game, right? You're going to, you're going to have major takeaways for each of these guys, but I like Baltimore. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be ugly. I probably won't touch the total 45 and a half, just uh, kind of a little bit low, but um, I think it's a fascinating game. All right. So we got two now in our parlay, we're, we're stockpiling them here. Uh, okay, so last one of our, our main picks here, Vikings at Bucks. Bucks are minus six and a half, over under 51 and a half. And a half. Minnesota, very easy on me here, six and six, six and six against the spread, uh, although haven't been good against the spread lately. Tampa, seven and five, five, five and two against the spread. Bucks have only covered once since October 25th. Um, yikes. So they're coming off a bye. Valiant comeback against the Chiefs. For some reason, Marcus, it feels like a long time since we've last seen them. I don't know why it feels mm -hmm. longer. But but here's the other thing I want to point out. And I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth on this game. Minnesota's last four games. So they had that close win against the Bears. They lose to the Cowboys. Close Panthers. Close to the Jags. So that's not great, right? So what do you do with those results? And what do you do with, with them in a game that, that the Jaguars probably could have won? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up Minnesota's last four games because you look at that Panther game. Uh, they scored basically the go-ahead touchdown with no time left in Freaky that game. game. Yeah, and then they went to overtime against Jacksonville, and their pass defense can't stop anybody. And I think Tampa Bay, with them being a little bit of a you know older team, especially on offense, having this late bye week, they should be rested and refreshed. I just think this is a huge game for Tampa's offense. I think this is one of those classic Tom Brady games. 300 yards, four touchdowns, and an easy win. I just don't see how Minnesota can hang in this game, especially with Tampa Bay having such a strong run defense. I think they're gonna. I think this is gonna be a blowout. I uh, I like the total here. Actually, I like the over um, for the reasons that you mentioned. Maybe Dalvin Cook will get his right. Uh, Jefferson, maybe, maybe maybe they'll have some moments. Um, I think Tampa's gonna have a lot of them. I think it's a great matchup for them on offense. Um, I think this could be a really really fun weird wild game so i will go over and you like the bucks right minus six I and do. a half yep okay so all right we've got two uh, two teams you know what i 
give me a give me a slathering of bucks there too. Let's throw the bucks into the the, the money line parlay because I'm I'm kind of with you. I want to I want to we got to juice that thing up a little bit more. We don't have as many of our, our rapid fire picks to pick from, so let's throw that in there as well. Um, okay, so rapid fire ish picks as we go down the line here i will kick things off marcus there's some more interesting games i'm actually really intrigued by this pats at rams minus five over under 40 and a half uh, 44 and a half excuse me i think you mentioned it last week that bill belichick knows how to dissect rookie mm-hmm. quarterbacks justin herbert um lost uh lost his way <laughs> at least for a week that was pretty impressive so what do you like here I think this is going to be a really good Thursday night game. I, I want to mention Sean McVay, 33-0 and 0 when his team has a lead at halftime. That's incredible. Wow. I just think he has the more talented team. Uh, Belichick on a short week, he'll be fine. Uh, but give me the Rams money line here. I'm a little bit nervous about that minus five, but give me the Rams money line. I will, um, I will go Rams money line with you, but I'll go minus five too. I, okay. I think – I just look statistically like kudos to new England. It's actually really impressive what they're doing. I don't know if they can keep it up. This is not a rookie quarterback, although it's a quarterback that does some rookie things at times. I still like what they're doing on off. I just like what that team is doing. I think they're going to force some turnovers too. All right. Next game, the green Bay Packers are seven and a half point favorites against the Detroit lions. The over under at 55 Adam, who do you got? I got the Packers. Um, I wish I could get them at seven, uh, but I, I just think they're playing well. Aaron Rodgers, the weapons. I don't know at this point what Detroit has has left to do. It's an interesting game against the Bears, but that's the Bears. Like I think this is a a, a comeback down to earth moment for the Lions. This line feels off to me. Like, it it, why isn't it double digits? Right? I mean, Green Bay is pretty easily one of the top three teams in the NFC. Detroit can't, can't stop anybody. I guess I'm confused why it's seven and a half. So I'm, I'm taking the Packers here. Okay. Yeah. And you know, like I'm the contrarian one, but like we've done this with the Packers. I feel like the Packers throughout the year have been dealt a couple of contrarian lines that we've um, Mm. we've gone this way on and and it's worked or at least so far famous last words in gambling. Uh, Okay. So Cardinals is one of my favorite lines on the board and not because I love it, but I just love to see it. Uh, Cardinals minus two and a half at the giants over under 45, the giants. What do you do with them? I don't believe in this Giants team at all. I know people are excited about Joe Judge and everything, but, man, that was such a fluky game against the Colts. They've beaten uh, the Bengals. They barely beat the Bengals. They've beaten up on some bad NFC East teams. I'm not buying into it. As long as Kyler Murray is on the field, they're going to struggle. Uh, give me the Packer, or give me the Cardinals minus two and a half. I like the under. I think it's going to be a gross yeah. game. I, I do. I do. I, Kyler Murray and Russell need to kind of get the band back together, get their swag back a little bit. Uh, Giants defense is playing pretty well. If I had to lean on the game, I'd probably lean Cardinals, but I think it's a, I think it's an under game. Kudos the Giants judges got them. They're not a watchable team. It's, it's, no, hard, not to, at all. it's hard to watch them, but they're playing pretty well. All right, Adam, your New York jets will be going against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks are 13 and a half point favorites. The total is 46 and a half. Who you got? This is a no play for me and not because mm-hmm. of my teams involved. I just don't, the jets are playing pattern. Seattle's playing awful. I, I kind of like the over, but I, I just can't do it. There's just too many variables. There's too much stuff going on. What's the jets mindset after that. I mean, I feel for those players, man, they're, they're absolutely crushed. So it's a no play for me. Yeah. I, I'm probably avoiding that line. But I kind of like the over here. I think this is going to be a game where Seattle gets their offense back on track. I think they're going to want to show that last week was a fluke. They're going to score 35 points in this game, and that over is going to hit with these. Uh, I, I, I tend, we should throw the over in there. Since I was kind of leaning it, like I'm trying. Right, let's we got to juice that part. Yeah. I'm in, and I can't, I got to have a reason to watch the Jets other than have them lose. Okay, <laughs> Saints minus seven at Jalen Hurts's Eagles mm. over under 45. This is a. Um, a college football fans quarterback battle, I guess. I don't know how else to phrase it. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you like? Yeah, so this is basically like the the <laughs> Sunday version of Army versus Navy, right? Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts. There's going to be so many designed quarterback runs in this one. I like the Saints. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're so well balanced. Uh, Sean Payton uh, has been fantastic with backup quarterbacks over the last two years. 8-0 when Drew Brees isn't the starter which is incredible. Uh, they should have no problem winning this game. I'm going to go under again, and I'm not usually an under, uh, as for anyone that's listening, it's usually this is an over-friendly podcast. But I like the under. 
lot of clock, a lot mm. of clock bleeding off here on both sides. Um, you know, Hertz did some good things, did some not so good things. Um, as you would expect, I think you could expect the same thing from Taysom Hill. Interested how they use Alvin Kamara, all those things. So I like the under. Our last game, the Washington football team, five and seven, playing pretty well uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the 49ers are three-point favorites. Now, it's important to remember this game is being played in Arizona and not San Francisco. The total is set at 43-and-a-half. Alex Smith going against his old team. Who do you have, Adam? I like Washington. I, I, I think that's a nice win. I'm not going to go overrate it and say that, you know, this is the sign of big things. I just think that defense is playing well. I think they're going to get after them a bit. The location, like this is a, this game's got a lot of variables already. I just was very impressed what I saw from Washington against a pretty good defense. I'm going to ride that wave a little bit. Um, I think the 49ers will respond fine. This won't be a blowout or anything like that, but I like Washington. I love the under here. I just, I don't see a lot of ways that Alex Smith scores more than 17 points. And with Nick Mullins on the other side against that Washington defense, this is going to be a really low-scoring, fast game that you know gets gets over in two and a half hours. So I like the under. Man, we like a lot of unders. We do. It's kind of yeah. I mean, it's been an over-friendly, um, you know, it's been an over-friendly podcast uh, that we've had mm -hmm. so far. So it's a little weird to get uh, on the under trade. Okay, so money line parlay. We like the Ravens money line. We like the Bucks to cover. We like the Rams money line. We like the Packers. We like Jets, uh, Seahawks, and we have Pittsburgh with the points, correct? I like it. That's a good bet. I mean, a lot of good teams that we're betting on, uh, betting on some games to, to, to be a little, uh, a little high scoring with the, uh, the Jets, Seahawks. But I like it. I think that's a good one. I, I I, it's going to hit this week. I'm yeah, calling we, it. we are due. 25 to win 840. Uh, I would not complain at all about that. So, uh, Marcus, any other, any other takeaways heading into this week? I think we're going to learn a lot about some of these top teams, Buffalo, you know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Uh, this is going to be a big week to, as we start to inch closer to the NFL playoffs. So uh, exciting week ahead, Adam. Yeah, exciting week. Go Seahawks. I, I, I'm hoping for less <laughs> of a sweat for the Jets to lose uh, would be nice. Um, but, but at this point, who knows with both of those teams? And I'm with you. I think this is a week where we start to figure things out. And hopefully in our case, for once, uh, we go under. Uh, reminder guys, the debate that we did, uh, well, we had our own debate with Lamar Jackson. We talked to Ty both about tanking, uh, about Baker Mayfield, which is a lot of fun. So share that. We want to hear your thoughts too. What do you think of Baker? I'm sure everyone out there has some very strong opinions on Baker Mayfield. Um, and then Marcus, what else you got cooking here with the game day? Yeah, I released my five teams that are guaranteed to lose in week 14, my five most underrated players in the 2020 season mailbag. Uh, betting trends, lots of stuff coming out. Awesome. Yeah, I did stock up, stock down uh, and, and doing that every week, which I'm enjoying immensely. Stock up was tanking, which seems to be in the discussion. <laughs> it's amazing, though, this deep into the season, that was the story <laughs> of the week. And we'll see if it is again. Uh, a reminder, if you guys like our picks and hopefully you like them more than the previous week, check out thegameday.com. See what other affiliates have to find those best numbers. Uh, reminder, you can follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus underscore Moser. You can follow me at Kegs and eggs. Uh, appreciate Tyler. Marcus, we will talk to you next week. We'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks again.